Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. is up wizards fans welcome to another believe in wizards podcast i'm mad he's jihadi white and the wizards are six and 31 there's only so much we could say about that but there's been some recent news here with the team so we're going to get into the whole ryan rollins situation and, and all this kind of stuff but before we get going jihadi how are you how, how's things how's life what's new uh, everything's good man a little bit under the weather but you know that's how things go sometimes the, the weather's changing it's a lot of yep. things floating in the air out here these days so you know, you're bound to catch something, but uh, I'm on the on the on the bottom half of it, so I'm okay. It just seems like everybody's been knocked out by this thing. At least here on the East Coast, uh, everybody I know has been sick at some point in the last month. So it's just, uh, I don't know, it's it's, yeah, a, it's going a nationwide around. epidemic. Unfortunately, hopefully not a pandemic, but uh, yeah, hope you feel better soon. And uh, yeah, it's just one of those one of those years. I think the Wizards are down, uh, energy levels down a little bit, um, and and now there's some other troubling news here with the team we'll get into. Before we hit that, just a couple words from our sponsors. Brought to you by Stateside Vodka and their Surfside Hard Iced Teas, Hard Lemonades, Hard Everything. They're all delicious. And also brought to you by Bet Online. It's your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, matchup reports for baseball, boxing, UFC, golf, NBA, NFL, everything yeah. you want. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. You can head to the website and use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for 50% off on your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, let's get the unfun stuff out of the way here. Uh, last week, the Wizards announced that they were waving uh, young guard Ryan Rollins, and I think that shocked a lot of us. I'm certainly surprised by it. If they were going to get rid of one of the young guys, like Patrick Baldwin Jr. has looked a little less impressive, and, and honestly, you have some older vets on the team that you could probably buy out, so... It was one of those there had to be more to it kind of things. And then they immediately announced after they were filling the open roster spot with um, <laughs> Hamadou Diallo on a 10-day contract. So then I thought, well, maybe they just love Diallo that much. He came over um, from OKC was his last stop where he's with Will Dawkins. So maybe I, should, I thought they just wanted to make room for their boy. Uh, since then, it has come out that Ryan Rollins was... Um, this is a great reporting by Josh Robbins at The Athletic. I want to make sure we give him credit there. I'll put the link to his article in the description. If anyone hasn't read the whole thing, go back and do that. But essentially, um, a- according to the reporting from The Athletic, Rollins, over the course of September through November, uh, has been caught stealing several different times from a target in Alexandria while he was still on the Wizards roster. He's charged with seven counts of petty larceny. And uh, the items alleged to have been stolen in each incident are valued under $1,000. If it's over $1,000, it becomes grand larceny. This is like the lowest level misdemeanor while it's of <laughs> the petty variety. But I don't know. You got to be down pretty bad or need some real help in life, I think, if you're shoplifting from a, a target. Jihadi, I, I don't know. It's just uh, this is weird. I, you, you played in the league for a long time. You know a lot of NBA guys. You ever see anything like this? I, I can't remember one of these situations specifically where a guy making $2 million felt the need to just shoplift for the hell of it. 
No, that's something that you don't see a lot, right? Just (laughs) seven times, you know, what to me that's a that's that's not that's has nothing to do with the NBA. That's an issue. And that's a personal issue of just something that's because you didn't have to do it. And to me, we make it two million in in one year. Yeah. even if even if you, you know, blew through most of it. You don't have to, you don't have to steal small items like that. So to me, that's something that's part of kind of his makeup that happened long ago. This is something he can't help himself from doing. And as an organization that can only get worse. My biggest question is when did they find out? Cause how did they find out he did it seven times? Like did they find out the first time, then the second time they said, okay, he did it again. A uh, third time, also the incident, you know, did it was it something that built up, or did they go back and say, uh, "Let's look at the film." Oh, he's been doing this over and over again. That that would be my guess is he got caught the seventh time, and when they went back to check video logs, they saw that this dude had just been pilfering stuff multiple times. I, I can't imagine a business would let somebody come in there multiple times too. And to a point you just made, it's not even just about the money. I, in, in today's world of of product endorsement from from players and stuff like that. I promise you if Ryan Rollins needed this stuff and he had gone to whoever manages the Alexandria target and said, I will do some fucking Facebook promotions for you. Or, you know, I'll tweet about how great your store is. If you give me some free body wash, like, uh, you know, we're, we're good to go. Or, you know, I, I need, um, I need my ice cream or, or whatever he was taking like uh detergent. I like, it's just so random that uh, this, this couldn't have been a thing he needed to do that. That's all. So it's gotta be. No. Yeah. It's definitely for the thrill. It's yeah. something that he's chasing for the thrill. Bored, and and yeah. when you have, and, and, and with an organization, with a player like that, that has those type of issues, you can't risk that, Yeah, you know, because that thrill turns into something bigger. It, money doesn't, doesn't help sometimes help your problem sometimes it brings out the person you naturally are anyway and it's mm. it multiplies the person you naturally are right yeah so if he's a petty larson a petty theft thief right now yeah next thing what you know he's gonna there? be stealing the players cars <laughs> right. yeah. like player come out of practice where's my car yeah. it's missing you know but it's, it's so you gotta nip that in the bud because you know that's a deeper issue then first of all, what you can handle. Second of all, it's just gonna affect the team. And then the type of the the caliber of player he is on the roster, why deal with it? Yeah, if you're an all-star, you're getting away with this probably and, and right. they're gonna help you get counseling or whatever else it is you need. Uh if you're the twin John, Mar- man. John Marek can, right, right. John Marek can possibly pull a gun on somebody once or twice. Yeah. But you you can't you better not steal no deodorant. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. Maybe you know. Maybe he. I don't know. I've seen a couple people try to break down. Like, well, you know, he made one point seven million dollars, but half of it goes to taxes, and this percent yeah. goes to an agent, and this goes to an account. Like, there's no world in which uh, they needed that. And honestly, these there are plenty of people that will give you a loan based on future earnings if you're in that bad way. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if you made one point seven, what what two one year? Yeah. For this, your, this season. your age, your agent can easily go get you a loan. Yeah. Or float you themselves. Probably. Honestly, right. like, right. I mean, there's loans out there for athletes all 
the time. There's, yep. You know, they know they know you can make that money. You can eat. So it's it's no it's no issue for your agent going to get a loan. I, I've gotten loans at a basketball player before I made a big contract. When I first mm-hmm. got drafted, it was a lockout. Yep, agent exactly. instantly went and got me a three three hundred thousand dollar loan. It's mm-hmm. that easy. Yep. Right. For players. Uh, yeah, and they, it's, it's so, future earnings, and I've got this much guaranteed yeah. money, and they'll front you, and it's no big deal. Right. So this this was clearly so, about the thrill and and being bored, I guess. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm always surprised by talking to, especially like current NBA players, how much downtime guys actually seem like they have, and uh, you know, and I've tried to organize interviews for this podcast and things like that. It's like, oh yeah, I was just going to play video games all night tonight anyway, or you know, that, that kind of thing. And I guess you're on the road a lot of the time and you're in a hotel room and teams probably don't hang out as much these days as they probably did in the past, or at least not all teams. So I guess, can you talk to that a little bit about just like how much free time you actually get as an NBA player and, and that sort of thing? You have a lot of free time. Think about it. You, you go to practice maybe from 10 to 12, 10 to one. Mm. If that, right. So once you get out of practice, the rest of the world is at work. So yep. you really can't find anybody else to <laughs> right. hang out with. That's why a lot of guys say, why well, has an entourage? Because he can't find anybody else to be yep. around. What else so, are you going to do? The rest yeah. of the world is at work. Yep. Right. So, so during the day is most of our, is a lot of our free time. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, you know, other than when you have game days, it's so much free time as a player. Then on yep. the road, when you go on the road, Practice, and then you had a whole day, the entire day to yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You, you may go out with a teammate to go to dinner sure. or, or something. But it's so much free time doing as a player and so much downtime. You just have to figure out how to navigate through life because it becomes natural, right? Yep. So most that's why most players are just hanging around each other. Um, but, you know, that can be – it can be an issue, like, but the thing with him is not. It's not like he when he was on the road, he was. May, who knows? He may was stealing on the road too. Who knows? Yeah, could, may not, could be. Not, yeah. I don't want to. I want to give him give him that if that's not the case. But sure. this is this has been at the same exact target, yeah, over and over again. So this is when this is not the time that he was on the road. This is when he's at home. Just let me go go steal from this target. Ah. I can think of a lot of other things I could do to fill some time if I had $2 million to blow and uh, a couple of free hours. And and honestly, I, I don't know that that would be very high on the list. So this is like a cry for help. I, I think like, I remember like the, the famous shoplifting one is like the Winota Ryder one for any of us over 30. I think you remember that of her just being yeah. bored and stealing shit because she wanted to like, that's gotta be I the think, situation I here to some extent. Case, one of his cases, but I'm, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see if this has been a thing with him in the past anywhere, mm. like in college at Toledo or, you know, and maybe in growing up, has this been something that, you know, always has been going on? Because I've been around a lot of players, mm-hmm. especially players from New York. Okay. For some reason, New York, everybody thieves in New York. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't know what's going on in New York, but all my teammates, if I had a teammate from New York, you got it. He will, he will steal your CDs and write his name on it. He will borrow your clippers and give you his old clippers back to you. And I mean, no. like 
it's man, I, I just, it's just, and it's always the New York guys. I love my New York guys, but it's just, sure. it's just, really, it's just how it goes. It's something, the culture. it's the mentality that you just doggy dog, I guess, man. Yeah. So all, I always end up getting a fight with my New York teammate for some reason because it, it's, it's inevitable that they're going to try to play, play like pull a slick one on me, pull a fast one and still. Right. So it's been situations where I had to break a mirror and put it up through the throat and choke one of them out, man, because it happens. Yeah. But what I realized is they can't help it. I mean, I had teammates that literally lost their scholarships. It's crazy. Just because they couldn't stop stealing. Mm-hmm. You know, they were the breaking one with people. Uh, LaMelo Ball's middle brother, Leangelo, I think got in trouble for stealing some stuff at yeah, one point too. Exactly and it was right. after LaMelo had already, or Lonzo had already made a big contract too. Like you don't need to be doing that. It's, it's never the need. Yeah. It's the thrill of, you know, it's, it's the, the, I guess the thrill. Right. right? But sometimes you got to realize, all right, look, I mean, I'm in the NBA. This is a, this is a big, this is a big company. Like this is a, you know, this is business. I have to be a professional. Like, and it's tough sometimes when you're young to go, when you go to the NBA sure. to understand this is a business. All right. Mm-hmm. I, I have to learn how to be a professional. Right. It's not, it, it's not overnight, especially when you're making a lot of money, a lot of things are thrown at you fast. And it, like I said, it can multiply all of your bad things, all, all of your bad, your bad ways. It can multiply them faster if you let it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the more confident, the more you feel like you can get away with a lot of things, the things you never you weren't able to do, you're able to do now, mm-hmm. right? So uh, things are just falling at your feet. And so, well, so since I'll be on my feet, I can treat these things. I can, I can be more casual with a lot of this stuff. Right. And what happens is, you know, in your mind, you think you can do anything. You think you're invincible. Yeah, you get away you with everything. Do dumb shit like start stealing, stealing deodorant. Yeah, I just that's so crazy to me. And and maybe this was less so in your day, but I imagine not. Like the younger guys I know that play at least even college sports, when they go places, people want to give you free shit. Like they want to comp meals, they want to comp drinks, they want you to take stuff from their store and endorse their product if they give you free gear. Like. There's, it's never a need. That's all I want to just keep reinforcing here. I, I don't know his whole situation, but this is a choice. Especially in D.C. DC right. Especially in D.C. Is all type of things happen in D.C. There's a mm-hmm. lot of clothing designers that's trying to get their clothing out. A lot of yeah. new businesses that's, that's popping up. A lot of then And people are willing. I had so much free stuff. I, I didn't even have to buy clothes half the time. Yeah. Right. So other than like when you had to buy the suits and all that, but it's all and somebody well let me try, let me give you a free suit see if you like. There's so many things yeah. that is hand literally handed to you, mm-hmm. right? You go to a restaurant, they were like, oh, well, I cop this one on you, or you know, and and, and especially the the native DC people, like the native DC people from DC, yeah. oh they take care of those DC guys. Like we, we yeah. went out there Georgetown, and I was at Georgetown, and I felt like I was the NBA. I can go oh, anywhere yeah. and do anything, right? So that was nothing. No, I couldn't even consider it a want. I couldn't even conjure up, hey, I may want something that I don't have. It just, it was, you know, it, it, it always fall at your feet then. So just imagine now going to the NBA and that's triple time, you know, that's quadruple now. Like, 
and, and with Instagram and all that and TikTok yeah, and all this yeah, other yeah. stuff, you know, like it's, it's free so endorsement. You can market yourself to get free things. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Right, right, local deodorant company that's coming out yeah. with a new deodorant. <laughs> Let me figure this out so I won't have to go to Target. You know, I keep harping on deodorant because I just see that's one of the things he just does. Really shouldn't steal that. But, you know, like you said, this, had, this, is, a, this is more of a deep-rooted issue. Yeah, for sure. I hope he gets some help. I get $600,000 of guaranteed money next year. So uh, he's talented enough. Someone will take a shot on him. He'll end up on a two-way or whatever it is. I, I can't imagine this ends his NBA career. He's talented enough that someone will get him a shot. It's it's relatively a victimless crime. So I think that's easier for somebody to say, all right, he got some counseling and we figured it out. We'll give him a shot here. Uh, th- that would be my guess. Um, but you mentioned it. He's he's not a star. He's a fringe guy, and you're really putting yourself at risk when you do that. Uh, Alex in the chat here mentioned that target loss prevention keeps a log of theft and waits until you get over $1,000 before making an arrest. In Rollins' situation, he was under $1,000, so I guess they stopped a little short of that, maybe to do him a solid. I don't know. I uh, think the team knew. Because one thing about this one, guys that play in the NBA don't realize. In, the, the, your team that you play on know everything. Yeah. That's got guys following you around. Know. Right. 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 They might not tell you a lot, it's, it's, but then you really don't know. Mm. I remember when I went to the Wizards, I played for the Wizards. And um, after my first year, I got home to talk to my, my high school coach. Uh-huh. He was like, so you did this, did that. I'm like, how you know? I, how you know everything I'm doing? Yeah, team team like, checks in with me. Had a, oh, he said, you know, they had a private investigator mm-hmm. following you the entire season. Right. I'm like, really? He was like, yeah. He said, just so happened the private investigator that the Wizards hired was a close friend of mine from back in Gary, Indiana. Oh no, shit! That's a small world. So everything you did every day, he was following you, and he told me everything you were doing. So That's crazy. If, if I know everything you're doing, yeah. the team knows everything you're doing. Mm-hmm. And and I wasn't a, I wasn't the top uh, first round pick. Right. Right. I went 40, 44, 40 something. And mm-hmm. I, they put a private investigator on me. Yeah. So they got to be doing it. They're probably doing it for so everybody. At that point. Probably was just sitting back like, keep on stealing. Yeah. Right. Right. And make our just case for us. Keep on. You know, yep. right? We got something for you. When when it's our time, when we need to free up something or uh, free a roster spot, mm-hmm. uh, we we gonna pull. We got some yeah, leverage. Got, th- so that's interesting though, too, because this his salary was fully guaranteed for this year. But I got to imagine there are clauses in contracts where if you do something detrimental to the team or get caught committing a crime or whatever, I, I would think there are voids to certain parts of the contract. Uh, it's whether they want to pursue it or not, or maybe they have to wait till he gets charged. I, I don't know if, you know, this is a misdemeanor is enough to do that. Money to fight that. Yeah, that's probably for a team. I think it, it ended up being more money to fight that. If you made a hundred million dollars, maybe it's different, but yeah. Yeah. But, you know, if, right. if, uh, because I, I remember when the Gilbert Arenas thing happened, they wanted to, like they talked about if they were going to try to fight to void his contract for for the gun stuff. And and like that's come up with other people like the Miles Bridges situation. And, you know, obviously those are different magnitude than 
you know, I, I stole some Tide Pods from, from Target or whatever, but uh, yeah, just, right. just so weird. So, I, that's so really interesting weird. about Air freshness. Yeah, right. It's really interesting, though, about the private investigator thing. I've heard that a lot, like pre-draft of like these guys do a real deep, thorough background check of people they drafted. And I like he's talented, a guy and that Golden State was willing to move on from him. I wonder if they knew something was going on there or they there were already some red flags. Like, I think he could have gone earlier in the draft based on the talent that he had showed. So maybe this was a thing on the background check already. Uh so I, I don't know. This is just, this is a bizarre one. I don't remember this situation happening uh, at any point in my NBA fandom. Yeah, when teams draft you, they know your whole your entire background. You know, they know you. They they do a cavity search. They know they know your life story. So it may have been some red flags. Mm-hmm. You know, you bringing them in, and then you know you could tell by persons how they kind of move their personality how. If they, you know, a slippery type of to themselves type, you know, yeah. uh, then you really even have to dive deeper into those type of kids a lot. So it may, I, I'll be surprised if there's not something that they didn't know about before. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Joe Swam said in the chat, he likely needs some help to blow up uh, this opportunity for something like that. There's clearly some type of issue. I hope he gets the help he needs. We agree. Uh, Caleb says it's unfortunate here because he was, um, probably going to get some real minutes here soon. Yeah. I think after the trade deadline, this was probably one of the first guys in line to, to see their role ramp up. So just the timing for him is, is really tough. So, um, yeah, good luck to him yeah, and wherever he ends up. But, but also something like this <clears throat> usually can get brushed under the rug too. If they, yeah. if you wanted it to. Yeah. Agreed. If they saw you enough know, talent there, they, they could have, yeah, they could have let this one go or work something out with Target, right. not the press charges, you know. Right. So if you if you saw enough talent there, this could have been something that never would have came out. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, sure. I think it would maybe been they use it for. I think they could have used it for a little bit of beneficial to free up some room, or you know, listen, man, it's the NBA. They got enough power mm-hmm. to make happen what they want to happen, and hey. And we're gonna quiet. We're gonna call you in. Call you. In. We're gonna have a, a meeting with you, right? We're gonna have a big meeting with you, and be like we know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. As soon as they heard it, if they wanted again, to, right, right. If they wanted to. So I, I've heard some very sketchy stuff happen within the walls of this organization that will never hear the light of day. I think and. And that's because the team doesn't want it to. So I think you nailed it. If this got out, they they clearly didn't care. And maybe they're okay with it. Like, they probably got beat up so much the last three or four days that for making this decision to move on from him that it's like the timing is a little weird that three days later, you know, suddenly there's reporting on on his criminal activity here. That's what I was thinking about the timing. The timing is too convenient. Yeah. It's if we heard it two convenient. months later, maybe that's, you know, that's one thing, but. Right. Yeah. Uh, like and, we mentioned, remember it's, the NBA is a is a media company as well. Yep. Yeah. All the information starts and it starts with them. It may not end, but it definitely they're gonna be they're gonna get ahead of everything. You hear stories from players, team executives, all kinds of stuff about when David Stern was around. Like he would call you personally and be like, hey, I heard you did X, Y, or Z. What the heck are you doing? What are you thinking? Uh, I don't know that Adam Silver is doing that kind of the same hands-on way, but 
you know, to your point, they know, they know what's up. Like they, it's, oh, it's yeah. the CIA might not know as much about you as the NBA does. Oh, you know how many meetings players go to that no right. other even people on their team don't know about unless they say something. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. They, they literally fly into New York and flying back about an incident that happened that no one knew about. You know, you know, you know yeah. how it goes. Like you said, call you on the phone. Like it, it's serious. They they nip things in the bud really fast. All right. So smart when you're multi billion billions of dollar industry, you know, yeah. you, you got to. It's your it's information business, like you said. That that's a good point. Right. Uh, so to fill that roster spot, the Wizards went out and added five-year NBA veteran Hamadou Diallo to a 10-day contract uh, per The Athletic once again. So The Athletic crew is killing it right now with the reporting. Shout out to them. Uh, Diallo spent five seasons with Oklahoma City and Detroit. I uh, mentioned that obviously that OKC stop was well, uh, while Will Dawkins was there. And he kind of fits the mold of player they like, athletic guys, um, you know, with, with some potential. Diallo just never really had like the finer you know, tools to his game or skills sharpened to, to really latch on kind of an undersized wing who didn't really shoot pass or dribble, which is unfortunate, but he's averaging about 19 points a game for the capital city go-go this year. So maybe he's kind of turned a corner. Uh, Wes Unseld said of the move uh, instead of Diallo, he's a high level, high level energy. He defends, he plays downhill. He plays with force. He can be very disruptive, very active. He's got positional size, which I think is great. He's improved his three point shooting. So we'll see if this turns into a longer, you know, um, contract. At the very least, it's a it's a reason like for guys want to come to your G League team. Hey, we will get you ten days. We will get you paid for a couple hundred thousand dollars to come here. Like that's it's actually kind of smart to to build up your your G League staff like that. So I'm not mad at them trying to do that. I heard a couple of people ask why he couldn't be on a two way contract. Just for clarification, if you've played more than four years in the NBA, you're not eligible for a two way. He has played te- uh, five years, so. Um, if they want to keep him around, it's either give him a, a vet minimum for the rest of the season or string out another 10 day after this. So kind of see how it goes. Any thoughts on Diallo so far, Jody? I like Diallo. I like, I like them in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I like them in Detroit. Yeah. Um, I didn't really get a chance to really see him much in OKC. I like, I like, like, like you say, he is a, a very, Physical downhill, active player. He can jump out the gym. He can yeah, jump he's out the gym. Bouncy as hell. Yep. Bouncy. Uh, goes to the basket aggressive. You know, try to dunk on you. You know, he is that type. He he's he has some showmanship. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as an entertaining game, I do hope that he has uh, really improved on the three point shooting. And he is not. <laughs> just to, to unfortunately to, to burst that bubble it is it has not gotten any better uh i was hoping i was hoping because if, if he if he, so what to me his limitations are dribbling not a good not basketball a, skill great ball handler, handler. <laughs> yeah. not not a great ball handler not a great uh three-point shooter right yeah. um getting to his to me i did i do notice he can get to his spots and, and pop yeah, for shoot sure. a quick, you know, you know, penetrating pop, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if he can expand his game, he has the, he plays with a lot of energy, right? He plays Which almost good to for me. This team. A, yeah, yeah, he plays to me with like a, a Russell Westbrook type of energy. Yep. Right. Which which is definitely helpful. Sure. He can grow his game. 
uh, and fix his, you know, fix his weaknesses, he can really make an impact because I think the only reason he hasn't grown to the player he can because he's not focusing on his weaknesses enough. Yeah, I, w- I wonder what his like offseason, you know, development program is like and, and things like that. If if this is kind of where we're seeing he's a career 27% three-point shooter in the NBA, uh, you know, that's obviously not great, but not like, I don't know, it doesn't mean you're beyond help. Um, Ladarius's uh, comment in the chat here that he's at 17% from three. So far this year in the G League, that's that's pretty rough. Um, you know, tough. even if you threw it backwards over your shoulder, you could probably make ten percent of them. So it's uh, that's yeah, a hard tough. that's a hard stat to overcome. I think. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, not I, I'm not mad at it though. Like, just give them a try. You see how it works. There's nothing committing you to doing this longer term. Uh, if it doesn't really work out, like I said, he is averaging 19 points, so he's found some other ways to score. I, I think that's. That's one nice thing at the very least. If, if you're not able to shoot it, you know, okay, great. Um, but yeah, so far, uh, just not not the shooter that we would have liked to see. So we'll see um, how that progresses. I, I'm excited. I think you're at the point in the year where you just need like fresh athletic legs sometimes, and maybe he'll challenge guys in practice, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what the rest of that looks like. A yeah. uh, couple other stats for you here just to shift gears a little bit. Um this was a, a stat I saw posted the other day. It came from Synergy uh, uh, stats that the 10 most efficient pick and roll scores so far this NBA season, um, Tyus Jones, number one, number two, Emmanuel quickly, Emmanuel quickly, sorry, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, three, Terry Rozier, four, Jamal Murray, five, Tyrese Halliburton, six, Derek White, seven, Kawhi Leonard, eight, SGA, nine, DeMar DeRozan, 10. So Tyus Jones, the number one most efficient pick and roll scorer so far in the NBA this season. That's crazy to me. It's not, it's not surprising if you watch him. Number one. Look at his numbers. Okay. Pick and roll score, right? Score or not pick and roll. Mm -hmm. It's not surprising. The floater is, the floater is a hundred percent. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He's really good at that. And that's usually what he's doing out of pick and roll. Oh, yeah. so I was the floater. That's mm-hmm. that's that's like Iceman George Gervin floater. He got like <laughs> it doesn't get enough credit, right? Yeah. <laughs> you got that's an Iceman floater, man. He makes it rain. Um, yeah, I love it. Yeah, and so and that's usually all you doing a little that little um fifteen footer mm. jump shot, right? Which is pretty much solid too. Yep. Tyus Jones, what's what's his field goal percentage? I bet he has one of the highest field goal percentage under Gafford. Uh, it, it is up there. I will tell you, I have it handy here. Actually, Tyus Jones overall field goal percentage is 53 or 52.6%. Uh, yeah, that's one of the better ones on the team of people that actually play pretty much. Uh, let's see, let's just run through them real quick. Uh, Kyle Kuzma is at 46% uh, from the field. Jordan pool, 41%. Tyus Jones, 52 and a half percent. Denny Avdia, about 50%. Kulabali, 48%. Daniel Gafford, 68%. Corey Kispert, 48%. DeLon Wright, 37%. Landry Shamit, 45%. Danilo, Danilo Gallinari, 43%. Mike Muscala, 37%. And realistically, everyone else after that doesn't really play. So, yeah, number two of the guys that actually get minutes on the team. Yeah, so <coughs> he almost has a big man field goal percentage. 
And, and that is just to be clear that um, it's just his overall field goal percentage. Uh, if you do like effective field goal percentage and things like that, he's he's over 60 percent, which is also second on the team right now. Um, so yeah. it's also pretty good. He, he he doesn't put up a lot of shots. Yeah. But I mean, he, he get about, about nine, nine touches a game, maybe. Yeah. He gets, which he's is not a lot, especially for a point. Guard, right? I'm give and take. Not yep. a lot, especially for a point guard. Mm-hmm. But on those nine, he's always effective. Yeah, I think so. You know, so I, I didn't expect, like I told said before, I didn't expect Tyus Jones to end up being a a score for us at all. Yeah, not like that right? for sure. But he's in, he ends up being more of a, a effective scorer than he is a point. Yeah, I think so. I mean. So I'm not surprised at all about him being number one in top pick and roll scores in the NBA. He's shooting 43% from three from the field, and, and he's actually been hotter than that uh, recently. A lot of commentary in the chat. We've got uh, Josue and Chris Campbell and Jimmy Go outside and uh, Ace of Stripe all talking about Tyus and his ability to score and what we could get out of him. And I think that's going to be interesting um, from a trade perspective, right? If I'm an NBA team and I need a guy – um, right now to come in and, and provide some stabilizing ball handling, some facilitation, and some efficient scoring, I would definitely consider Tyus Jones. The problem I think com- for the yeah. Wizards comes back is what do you really get in return? Because this is a guy that probably can't be a starter for a team. Uh, he likes, you know, probably has to be a backup, but he wants to be a starter. So is he going to resign in a place uh, that already has like a locked-in starting point guard? That's going to be questionable. And if you don't think he's going to resign with your team next year, you're only going to give up so much to get him. So I, I think that really caps what the Wizards can get back from him in a trade. And that's that's going to be kind of the problem. Like he should get you a first round pick back from somebody. But are you actually going to end up getting it? I, I'm a little skeptical and think he, we end up with like the, the Rui Hachimura trade from last year where it's a distressed asset and uh, three second round picks or something like that. And, and that's kind of my guess. I don't know if he's much of a starting point guard. I don't think he'd start anywhere in the league except San Antonio, and that's where his brother plays. So I, I don't, I don't see that yeah. either. I think he's more of an undersized too. Yeah, actually, I think that's fair. You know, and that's so I think that's you have to bring him here. off the yeah. bench. Mm-hmm. I think you have to bring him off the bench and have him with another point guard, and both of them switch turns, bringing that ball up. Yep. Right. Uh, yeah, like and then if you and then if you do a lot of pick and roll plays, because he's great out the pick and roll, he just is, yep. Yep. right? You do a lot of pick and roll. If system didn't, you have him bring that ball up, but then you need another real point because if you if you hit it to the corner to Tyus, he's knocking that down. Yeah, for sure. Right? He's knocking down three pointers. He's not so he's knocking down anything that's opposite of the defense. Yep, usually. So he's an effective score. I don't know how many shots you would really try to get him, but, you know, as far as a facilitator, he's decent. Mm-hmm. Doesn't turn the ball over a lot, but he's not threading any needles. He's not seeing, like, he doesn't have Chris Paul eyes. Yeah, he's not his, controlling. His five assist yeah, games are kind of straightforward assists, I think, mostly. Yeah, just straight stuff. He's not deceiving defenses, defenses right? Yeah. He's not deceiving, right? Yeah. So his is just, okay, let me find this little open spot. 
right? Let me be able to, you know, be effective in it. Let me use, let me use, he uses the offense to figure out what he can get. Mm. Yeah, I agree. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what that looks like. I think that's going to be really big for them is what they net, you know, what they net in a trade for, for Dias. I don't think he's here past the deadline personally. It, it would be a very wizard's move to not trade him and then have him not resign here and lose that for nothing. Like I, I can't. Or you can put him as a, put him on uh, put him on the bench and have him come off the bench as a, you know with Corey. I think he'd be good with Corey. I, I think he would. I just if he's not going to want to like take a bench roll, he's probably not going to want to take a bench roll on a bad team. If he's going to be stuck on the bench, he probably wants to win he's somewhere. Not, it would be my he's guess. Not a starter in the NBA on most teams. I, I again, I agree with you. Like I, the only team looking at it, I think he's probably better than their starting point guard is San Antonio, where the starting point guard is Trey Jones. And does he want to get traded to a place where he basically replaces his own brother? I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, um, so it, yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't see the market for that. I'm sure that's what he wants. It's just if you're going to get stuck off the bench, are you going to come do it on the shittiest team in the league, or are you going to go be a bench player in Milwaukee or something like that? You know, that that would be my guess if I were him. In the end of the day, he's gonna have to figure it out because he one option he doesn't want is not playing at all in the in the league, right? So yeah, with you. you gotta realize what not only who you are, but what they perceive you to be. Yeah, that's true. I'm a lot of these other I mean, it, by all accounts, he's like a good dude and a good teammate. I can't imagine him making too many waves. It's you know, we'll see come contract time, but people yeah. every day on Twitter tweet something related to the wizards about Man, it's crazy that John Wall isn't on an NBA team right now. And we talked about this when we had a Tom Thomas on. It's those are the kind of guys that teams aren't gonna make a move to get. They're older, the veteran minimum is more for them. And are they gonna accept that role off the bench? And it just, you know, if if you're Tyus, it's yeah. at some point you might be like, I, I love being a super sub, you know, that makes you more valuable to a bunch of teams, I would think. It I'm, does. Take, and it can and it, and it prolongs your career. In the yeah. end of the day, you're going to. In the end of the day, it's going to be a crossroads where he's going to have to make that decision anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's, it looks like it's coming up. He's, but as the player, you understand. You got to understand now. Let me see. Look, I, I was effective. I was effective in putting up numbers. Yeah. Uh, right. Just the field goal percentages on pick and rolls. I can use that to my advantage in my contract negotiations. Right. Yeah, but the thing is, what is the team looking for? Because he's not the ultimate facilitator. He's not a a trade. You know what I'm saying? He's not a a, a Lamelo Ball, mm-hmm. right? It's just he's more of a. He's going to give you more. He's going to give you more efficiency in scoring than he than he will like. Not a, a needle threader. No, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's like um he's a better player than this, but like the role that Bryn Forbes played a couple years ago for Milwaukee, where he just came off the bench as like a, a basically a six foot shooting guard. And he came in, he provided some like decent assists. He, he handled the ball when drew holiday wasn't out there and he hits knock, knock down threes, created some offense for other people by collapsing the defense and kicking it out. Like that kind of guy, any playoff team could use that guy. And I think it's the role for him. And, and honestly, this is the question for Kyle Kuzma trade deadline wise too, is, is he going to be okay coming in and playing the role that this team wants him to play? And I, I, I don't know that he is. Like, I think this is the reason why he probably doesn't want to get traded is he likes being the guy. And if you go to a playoff team, you know, you're probably the third or fourth best offensive player on most of these teams. 
Yeah, he's done that already. Does he want to go back to being the sixth man on the Lakers or the fifth starter or whatever and be more three and D and things like that? They're not going to let you have the ball 30% of the game. It's just not going to happen. So that's a tough decision to make. I think that's why Bill stuck around so long. Yeah, like being the dude. Yeah. The, the, the dude in the NBA is great. It's a great position yeah. to be. Good life. Yeah. The dude on the NBA like team is a great position to be in. Like, it's yeah. an amazing I wouldn't mind position. It. Everybody would want to be the dude on the NBA team. I've seen it, yep. right? I mean, um, and that's a hard. That's a hard. That's something that's hard to give up, yeah. right? And but toward the toward the middle of your career and after a while, you're like, okay, how long? How long does being a dude last? Uh, uh, what does it do for my legacy? Right. Right, yeah. and you might do something for your legacy locally, but as far as an, as an, the NBA banner and organization, no one's talking about Kyle Kuzma. I don't hear him talking about him. In, right, you don't hear him talking about Kyle Kuzma on, on Inside Edition. Or well, that's probably not around anymore. But uh, yeah, TNT, right? right? He's not coming you know, up inside the NBA. There you go. Yeah, he's not coming up. Yeah, inside the NBA. It's not. He's Does not Charles Barkley up. even know what team Kyle Kuzma is on right now? Right. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. So that's what he's looking at every day. Like, wow, my, my name is not getting mentioned in these circles. My name is not getting mentioned among the bets. Right. But I'm probably on billboards all over DC. Sure. The Metro bus, I'm probably on there with a basketball. But in the big scheme of things, it's a big picture. I'm becoming, you know, you know, obsolete. In, in in the world of the top of basketball, you know, and, and even when he was on the Lakers, even though he was, you know, probably the person who was like third, third person to touch the ball behind like, you know, LeBron or, or Kyrie or whoever was there at the time, you heard his name t- three times as much. Yeah, I think so. At so least na- yeah, nationally for sure. Yeah. He's going to come to that crossroad in that that situation to where he's going to be like, you know what, I, I, I want to be on the big stage. I want to be. I want to make an impact. I want. I want rings. Think he's seen rings. He has a ring, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he has one. He has he, one ring with the Lakers. Yeah. Right. So he. So it probably just makes him comfortable. Like I already been there, done that. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be a point that he wants to do that again. Yeah, it could be. And it could be you could do this for another two years with the deal you have. And honestly, that's probably why this is what I think happens. He's got a descending contract. It's going to be even more valuable in two years. Some playoff team is going to throw you a boatload of money for a guy that's not going to cost them a lot of long term money. And he's the breaking case of emergency guy. If somebody gets hurt or Bobby Portis or somebody goes down for Milwaukee right before the deadline in 2025, that's an easier pill to swallow. We just got to pay him another year and a half like you can do that. This I've got to give you now three and a half more years. It's a tougher thing to do. He's going to be relegated. Does he want to do that? They're probably not going to trade him if he doesn't want to go unless they get a boatload of a return for him. And I don't know that you're going to get a boatload of return for him. This reporting that they want multiple first round picks. Like who are the teams that are going to trade multiple first round picks for Kyle Kuzma right now? I don't see it. <laughs> I don't, I don't know any of team that do that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. He's not, he's not, uh, he's not that guy that, you know, Trade multiple first round picks for, but then Kuzma still, to me, still got a lot of upside. Yep. 
I think so too. I think he keep getting better. It, the problem is he's been shitty the last couple of weeks for the most part. Like the the play has dropped yeah. off significantly. I don't know if it's it's the knee thing. That would be weird if that lower body injury was causing this still, but it does sort of fit timeline wise of the he's become kind of a a chucker, unfortunately, recently. This is my dude. That's my favorite player on the team. I, I feel bad saying it, but honestly, I've not loved the shot selection. The defense has been less, and it wasn't even that great this year to begin with. And and the playmaking is kind of like dropped off for the most part too. I, I don't know, maybe not totally, but um, just it just seems like he's in in me mode. And you talked about this last podcast of guys guys doing their own thing, keeping their numbers up, stuff like that. Hopefully that gets better after the deadline. Um, but you know, still still a month away, and and that's a long time to watch bad basketball. So I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, but he got a lot of pressure on him. I mean, he got a lot of pressure. Anything that happens to the team is going to be his fault. He got to put the entire team on his back. Yeah, he's never had to be the guy you before. You have all the, Yeah. Say what? Say it again. I mean, he's never had to be the guy. He's never had to be the guy for an NBA team the whole right. time before. That's a lot to ask. Right. So now you say he's a chucker, but he now has to put everything on his back and did, you know, anything that goes wrong is going to fall on his shoulders. So you're like, if it's going to fall on my shoulders anyway, then – I'm gonna if 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 the ship falls, it's gonna fall with me, and if it if it floats, it's gonna float with me, right? And to me, the only other player that it seems like he really really trusts is Denny. Yeah, they have the best two man chemistry of yeah. of of the team. I think honestly, that's yeah, true. Uh, and you're right. You're uh, right. It's gonna be just interesting. Just on another subject, the trade deadline is gonna be a big one for Wizards fans. Um, one of the questions we got, we got, go ahead, sir. I think we, oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Um, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Say it. I was, I was about to say something about Bilal Koulibaly. Like he does need to start being more aggressive out there. He's, he's, he's losing his value and his momentum of, you know, just how he's playing and it is going to have to be on him. Yeah. Like at what point do you, I mean, I get that he's an unselfish player. He learned to play basketball the right way, but still at some point you got to be like, I'm out here 25 minutes a game, 28 minutes a game. Like I'm going to take the ball and just do me like, you know, I got to make this an effective 25. No, but he's not that. See, the thing is he's not, he's never been that type of player. He's always been like a system guy, a guy to do what's best for the team. Guy to just kind of, get his his way you know get mm-hmm. let me get the without shaking without shaking any leaves yep. but for him to grow and for him to be a better player he's gonna have to be more aggressive and he's gonna say hey i'm willing to make some mistakes to be able to change my mindset so right now he's stuck in a particular mindset and he's gonna have to kind of and that's the one instance he's gonna have to kind of grow into an nba mindset Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Uh, along those lines, one question we sort of routinely get, Sean asked it, Richie Parker asked it, is when will there be a change to the starting lineup? Like at, w- at what point have we seen enough of this? They're 6-31 and 31 right now. And other than with a few cases for injury, they've started the same five guys for the vast majority of that time. Like, at some point as a head coach, don't you shake this up? Don't you try some different combos? Like, I don't, 
I don't understand um, why this is what we've seen the entire time. Like, why be so married to this five and this five only? What combos else are there? I'd put Big Lyle in the starting five and just see what happens. I would something. do that too. Only but, kind of, only difference what I see is I would put Bilal where where Pool is. Yeah, but I don't, you know, but I don't know, and I just would because Bilal also has he's really have a lot of point guard. He was a point guard over in France. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he, right. So two Growing wouldn't up. be so two wouldn't be that bad. Him playing a two wouldn't be something so out of out of sync. And that's what you want to see from him in the future, anyway, right? So, see if he can do it now. Right. So I would, I, I would definitely do that. But as an owner, I just can't imagine all of that money sitting on the bench. And that's what people got to realize. I, man, I paid this dude all this money. He gonna, uh, he gonna entertain. I yeah. hate to say it like right. that, but no, no. in the end of the day, right? Like, he gonna There's entertain the people. crowd if I got that much money. I can't put all that money on a bench. I just cannot. Right. Right. Um, but other than that, you know, do we gain anything by by what I what I in the draft by being by if we keep losing? Uh they're second in terms of lottery position right now, I think realistically, as long as you're in the top four, your odds are, are pretty much kind of washed out at that point. So you, you definitely need to be in the bottom four beyond that. It kind of, you know, just, just a little bit of top four pick. That's honestly it. Like if you're in the top four, you're not really falling out of that. So um, I, I think I mean, they're probably be, pretty safe. To be be fighting for, you know, it might be fighting for that position too, you know, yeah, it's true. It's right? a bad so this when playing a, your vets locks you into the worst record at that point. We losing playing no, our play, playing our best playing our best players or the players we playing the most already. Yeah. You know, it's so what do you do? Now say let's get some guys off the bench and then go on a five game winning streak. Right. And then and then now we're not able to, you know, build for the future as much as we were able to before. If we don't, if we do lose those games, it's a catch-22. That, that's what this team has historically done, especially under Tommy Shepard. And it's the reason that Shaden Sharp is not on the Wizards roster right now and Johnny Davis is. So they came in and they went on a little run at the end of the year when the games didn't matter. Uh, because, you know, pride and all this other kind of stuff and win now and, you know, like at this point, I think this front office gets it. They just got to be fucking bad and be as bad as they can. And, you know, but, but still you could be bad and play Bilal a few more minutes with the starters or get him a few reps against the other team's best player, you know, right out of the gate. Bilal wouldn't, wouldn't change the dynamic that much that we go on a winning streak. I don't think so. Yeah, I agree. But they know that he's going, he's a, he's very good at different defense. So, he doesn't offer the scoring that Poole could offer, but Poole is so inconsistent. It may be days, but you do, I think personally, you do put Blau in the starting lineup to give him more confidence, get him to be more aggressive, get him to where we need him. What And I don't think it changes that much of things to the point that where we still don't, we don't go in a crazy 
we win the streak where we take ourselves out of getting a good lottery pick. I just want Bilal to get the most meaningful reps possible. And the first year, letting Rui guard Kawhi Leonard and LeBron and things like that worth like all we talked about was how meaningful those minutes are. And now we don't seem to give a shit about those minutes about a guy, in my opinion, who has a much higher ceiling. And it's not like I'd rather him play 20 meaningful minutes where he got on ball reps and he guarded the other team's best guy than 29 minutes of him playing like just getting cardio and hiding in the corner. So I, I don't know how you fix that. I'm not saying he has to be starting him. And it's just got to be some way to get him more involved, at least. I 100% agree. Uh, I, I 100% agree. And, and and that's the right thing to do. I 100%. But even in the minutes he's getting, he's not utilizing them well. No, I agree. He's got to be more proactive. Yeah. he got to be more proactive. Exactly. He's not utilizing them well. So I'm like, now do I force him to say, hey, you got to utilize – give you more minutes and you got to yeah, get me. I would, I'd be like, look, first of all, you're not utilizing the minutes you have correct right now. Look where we are. You got to be more aggressive. You got to yell for the ball. You have to catch it ready to ready to do something with the ball. Right. Mm-hmm. At this point as a coach, I'd be like, look, I expect you to at least take 12 shots a game. Yeah. You should have, you should have at least 12 shots a game. And and out of those twelve shots, at least three to four of those are three pointers. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I need you to drive. I need you yep. to penetrate. I need you to catch to do something. To catch to get downhill. Yep. I need you to rebound much more. Rebound putbacks. Right. We pick and roll ball handler, you. pick and roll roller, all the screener. Like we yeah. just every way you could potentially use him in the future. Every way. Try it now. Possible. Cause he's a smart player, yeah. So he's gonna pick up things just off, just off natural, natural causes if he keep redoing, doing them over and over again. If it's just off repetition, he's gonna pick them up, right? Cause he just he's going he's going to he's going to decide, dissect the flu. I'm with you. The thing doesn't come training, teaching him the skills and working on the skills and working over in the game. Because everything is not game. Every everything you do in in skill training is is not. You don't don't know what it. The game is spontaneous. Anything can happen in the game at any moment. You got to be able to make those micro decisions and react right away and make that decision and do it right. So yeah. let's put you in a situation where you have to figure out how to make those micro decisions right now at a split second, and it be have to be correct decision. And you had to score out of that situation. Yeah. And I don't think anyone's suggesting like fully take the training wheels off. I mentioned this to a friend of mine, Bryce Simon from the game theory podcast. He and Sam Vecini talked about it on their podcast last night. And Sam's comment was like, well, we can't give Bilal more usage one, because he's not totally ready. And two, because the NBA is a meritocracy and, you know, they would blow up the locker room to just give him minutes that aren't earned. But my pushback to that is, how do we know they're not earned? If you're a defensive coach and you're talking about guys playing defense, it's a reward the big man kind of thing. Let's give him some touches because we feel good about the way he played defense. And by the way, he's been pretty effective offensively. We mentioned the shot attempts. He he averages six shot attempts a game in 26 minutes. How aren't they earned? He earned every single – he's getting 25 because he earned that. Yeah, I agree. 
So that that's that's my perspective. Right, they're they're definitely earned. Now, for it being a meritocracy, absolutely. Sure. But for my future and my team, I'm getting loud, ready to be able to handle anything that comes. None of these guys are going to be here next year anyway. I mean, not not none right. of them, but very few of them. And Danny's not, not going to be the change. guy to rock it's the boat. Great. It's not great make the world spin on his axis in reverse. Yeah, because you got him ten shots instead of six. Yeah, yeah, I know. And and by the way, if you're talking about credibility from a coaching staff, like, oh, we can't justify giving the rookie more shots. Your highest paid player, your starting shooting guard, is like the least efficient player in the entire NBA right now. So he still has the ultimate green light, though. Like we haven't changed that as a player in the locker room. I'd be more concerned about that if I'm Landry Shamit and I'm doing everything right. And I'm shooting efficiently. I'm playing defense, and I'm only playing 15 minutes a game. And I'm the best two-way guard on the team. I'd be looking at these other people like this effing guy is still getting you know 20 shots a game. Like really, we're doing that. You know, that's just me. It's, I'd it's be more timing, concerned about man. that than the rookie. Yeah, it's timing. If Shamit was on, if Landry Shamit was on Golden State, if you switched Landry Shamit. And put him on Golden State the same time Jordan Poole was on there. Yep. He probably would have had the same contract right now. <laughs> too. It's just, yeah. just time. It's take yeah. it, it's the right place at the right time. Is right. But the difference is Landry Shaman will probably still be on Golden State. That's true. Too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, just fit in. Yeah. It, it, right now you're looking at two guys, and you like Landry is much more effective than Jordan. Mm-hmm. He takes the game more serious. He, right? But now Jordan is more of a natural scorer, but he doesn't yeah. he he doesn't take the game in a the the way he approaches the game kills it. Yeah, I agree. Right. So you'll have definitely you'll rather have Landry any day. Right? But so it's just it's just all about timing. Jordan was in the right place at the right time. He did the right thing at the right moments. Yeah, he showed showed enough upside and potential that people could convince themselves that that this is a guy that that has a bright future and he's the next SGA, he's the next Gilbert Arenas. And, and you know, he could he fooled, he fooled us all. I, I'm, I'm like I'm always the don't write people off, patience, guys get better. He's still only 24 guy. But the ship seems to be sailing, uh, you know, every day a little bit more. Like, I guess he was good offensively the night. I'll be very candid, everybody, if you're, like, gauging by the topics. I only watch recaps of this game. I was in Mexico all week, so I'm not locked in as much as I would normally be over the regular, you know, course of a week. But it seems like Poole was okay offensively a couple times over that stretch, and that's fine. But it's still, the like you said, the overall approach to the game, inefficient offense, bad shots, no defense, not much playmaking. But um, when Poole plays well, they don't win. <laughs> not well, well, yeah. But when Poole plays well, yeah, Kuzma doesn't usually play well. Denny That's doesn't true. usually play well. You notice that? Yeah, they, on, they, on there's the, not on, seem to be a lot of sync there. Yeah, yeah. On the days that he has a good game, everyone else has a bad one. Yeah, That's true. It did. Yeah, it breaks the offense. There's yeah, sometimes when they're Kuzma good. plays well. Then he still can have a great game. Yeah, everybody else plays better. It's do you Everyone, make a team other than Poole. 
Right, right. Other than both, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. There are very few instances of them both being like good. There have been a couple where they both scored a lot, yeah. but it was inefficient, and no one else did anything. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. Yeah, I, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do with that situation um, down the stretch here. Uh, just looking at the well, last thing on Bilal, um, Chase Hughes of uh, Monumental Sports tweeted this one. I just thought it was worth mentioning here. Uh, it's rookies in terms of stocks, so steals and blocks combined. Victor Wembanyama has 100 blocks, 101 blocks, 37 steals. That's 138 total stocks. That leads the <laughs> NBA, leads all rookies, but it leads everybody in the NBA, which is crazy. Uh, Chet, 93 blocks, 23 steals, or 116 overall. Asor Thompson uh, is at 71 overall. Derek Lively, 60 overall. And Bill Akulabali is 59th with or is in fifth place with 59 overall. So top five of rookies in sort of key defensive markers there. Um, so uh, it tracks, right? Like that's what we see. He gets deflections. He gets his hand on the ball. He's swatting people. He's weak side shot blocking. Like I love that. I want to see more of that from him. Unleash him. Yeah, but you got to – Bilal is falling in the same trap that Kuzma is falling in too. If you don't okay. read those stats, you would never know that. Right. I, I don't know. I I see him do a lot no, of shit. I'm just saying, pressure. like, yeah, like that high. Up I, anybody out of the Wizards, uh, Scott, any Wizards fans, or okay. anybody yeah. who understands no. the team, you know okay. that. Yeah. That's a great point. Um, I, yes. Right. I, no one would know that outside of Washington. To me, to me, to me, that's what hurts him right now. Yeah. That he's here? Yeah, to <laughs> probably so. Right. So to me, okay, you go out, you like you said, you gotta get more I would give him more time. Yep. Right. I would give him more time to, to first to expose all the good things that he's doing. Cause that's only gonna grow. Mm-hmm. If he if he's getting he's getting all of that with twenty five minutes per game, right? Yep. The scoring has dropped significantly. His rebounding has dropped significantly, which it shouldn't. Yep. Um but that would be an incentive for him to go and be more free. I think he's playing too robotic and trying to be a system and please too many other guys. He mm-hmm. he has to be more of a just – he got to have more fucking in him. I, I'm with you. I, I like, like just a little bit more. You know, you made tough. the point. Where, it's, yeah. it's tough sometimes to get, to get that mm-hmm. when you never have. Wimbyama always had to have that in him, right? Right. Because yeah, he's always been for a right? he gotta he gotta find he gotta look for hockey new ways to get more. Where can I find more fucking? Where anybody yeah. found something, I'm going to church it out, right? Yeah. Those typical role type of players that's kind of almost like program and systemized, it's hard for them to even put themselves in the place because they're so they're, they're so unselfish. It's but that's not the right basketball even, play. Yeah. Like it's, right. It's hard for them to put themselves in a, they're so uncomfortable in that position. They can't even find out how to step into it. <laughs> and yeah. and he has to because now the lack of it mm. is starting to expose certain things and starting to affect his game and starting to affect his value. Yeah, I agree. And uh, and and he's 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 such a different player that we've seen. These these foreign players are different now, man. You know, yep. like they're showing us so many different. Games. They make it. They're actually making basketball refreshing again. Dude, I I feel the exact same way. I've loved a lot of the FIBA stuff. One, 
there's some playing out of the post and inside out and things like that, which is cool too. But guys trying to do the right stuff is is uh, shockingly fun to watch. I mean, like right. every, everybody shits on college basketball because the guys are less talented and it's basically you're expecting guys to miss instead of make open shots a lot of the time. But there are like college basketball teams that play the right way, you know, and, and things like that. And and they can be more fun to watch. Even if guys aren't making shots, they're like, they're playing team basketball and sharing and being unselfish. Like yeah. Like, you know, those teams, the last couple of years, like just ball yeah, screen continuity offenses. And, yeah. and, you know, like that, that's great. Play it out of the post a little bit. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, if I were the wizards, I would be just leaving a scout in France right now and just be figuring out, Hey, Bilal, yeah. which one of your teammates do you, th- you know, your national team teammates, do you think we should be taking next? Yeah, exactly. And that's honestly like part of the reason Bilal's stock rose well, the way it's down too. too. Yeah, yeah. All right. Alex are down there, another French guy uh, playing oh, down in yeah. Australia too. Like that's when Banyama talking about Bilal should be a top five pick in this draft, I think made people go back and take another look at him. So I would be asking Bilal, hey, you know, basketball. Which of these French dudes or international guys in general, you play the Spanish teams, like whoever, who should we be keeping an eye on? Uh, yep, anyway. Yep, sure. Uh, next couple games like here. Said, they American play. players better watch out because the yeah, way we grew these players with American basketball is completely different. It's going back to we're, we're grooming our players itself, first players. Mm-hmm. And the foreign players are coming over here with so many unselfish concepts and yep. seeing the game completely different and, and, and everybody, you know, and, and uh, non-positional, mm-hmm. right. To it's making us hard to compete. It is. It yep. just is. I mean, getting our ass kicked when we go to the Olympics, I mean, because of a situation like that. So, yep. and they're playing much three times as hard as we they're not pampering, right? They're playing three times as hard, and they've been professionals way younger. They've been professionals since 16 years old. Yeah, they've been, they've been actually coached. It's not AAU where, like, I know you're actually coaching when you're with those guys, but I'm sure you see coaches that have no no clue what they're talking about, uh, and, and they're running these teams. I went to this thing that they do on the Eastern Shore of Maryland here. Um, it was called the Governor's Challenge uh, a tournament a couple weeks ago, and I was watching a, a – a high school team play that had a guy that is 14 years old. He's seven feet tall. And I think will probably be an NBA player, uh, a Cole Nayuk out of uh, Glenelg country school. And their team was up or their team was down four with 30 seconds left and opted not to foul and just let the other team dribble out the clock. And I'm sitting with my wife losing my absolute mind. Why is this guy not, why are they not fouling? Like the players didn't know to do it. The coaches didn't finally like the fifth assistant coach down the bench was like, you should probably foul with 10 seconds left. It's like, like, what are we teaching kids? If that's a, you know, a reasonably prominent local program and they don't, they don't teach them shit like that. It's not the kids. Yeah. What, you know what? The kid, it should be. It's both, right? Your point guard should be like, coach, should we yeah. foul? <laughs> right, exactly. Right, yeah. I, I need a point, but it's not. It's not even not his. Not, by that time, it's kind of his fault. The yeah. Point guard fault, but it's yeah. definitely it's his fault. Right, Everybody's like, coming, yeah. and, and the problem with coaches is they have too many yes men around. Yeah, it's true. Right now, coaches don't want to be challenged in their own staff. 
I'm the head coach. Yeah. Right. Cool. Thanks, coach. I'm the head coach. And so like now, why is, why is uh, assistant coach so-and-so gone? Uh, because he, he challenged everything I did. He didn't want to do it through things my way because he knows it's a better way. <laughs> He's not going to sit here and let, and let you dumb him down. You know what I'm saying? He knows the better way. And 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 you're going to clash when he's saying, Coach, we can, we can do this. We can let's try this wrinkle. Let's throw this in there. We're getting beat because of this. And then you your ego gets taken over. So now, so now I see a lot of high school coaches, right? Who mm-hmm. instead of going and getting, making sure they're challenged every day by their assistant coaches and being able to say, hey, look, what do you think? What do you think? Yeah. What they're doing is just getting a lot of people they know already. Yeah. That Other kids' dads. Already, so I'm going to go along with Yeah. Right. They don't just go along with them. Yeah. And it's just, well, anytime I see that, I'm like, ah, this is a one-person program. It's true. Yeah, you need as many good voices as possible, I would think, to be as successful yeah. as you can. And not everybody can know everything. If you're the person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yep, that's great. That's well said. Um, on, on the international play for a second, I, I just saw that the Team USA, I guess, under 18 team was announced. And it's going to include Cooper Flag and Ace Bailey. Uh, we've talked about Flag before on the show. Um, Chad, have you seen Ace Bailey? That's a name that's resonated with Wizards fans a good amount. Uh, and, and well, what, what, team, what team did he play with? What school did uh, he play um, I don't know where he plays high school. He's going to Rutgers next year, though. He's the number two overall recruit. Um, okay, so yeah. yeah. Him and, yeah, and Ron Herford Jr. Yeah, I uh, have seen. His uh, real first I've name is Arius. Yeah, he's um, plays for uh, He's from Georgia, but he plays for McEarn High School um, in Georgia. So mm-hmm. we'll uh, we'll see him next year. But he's like six foot seven, freak athlete, uh, just really like the NBA wing prototype that you want. Right. So it'll be really interesting to see him and flag together against this inter- you know international level of competition and what they look like. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, all right, Jai, I got to pivot away from basketball here for a minute. Here, I, I had a special request this week, and I'm getting this in real time as we're going here. Um, uh, Jay NC, NC to DC asked me uh, about your movie. And we have talked about this on the show here before, but your sci-fi original movie. Um, he's like, how have I not heard you guys talk about this? We've, we've brought it up in, in passing, but uh, he wants to know what's the backstory. Where did this thing come about for anybody not familiar? Uh, my co-host here is a movie star. Uh, he has an IMDB page. That's as cool as it gets. You were in a showdown at area 51 where you played Cronin, the alien. So, so how did this come about? Did somebody approach you about this or did something you wanted to do? Like, what was the deal here? All right. This, this actually, this movie started in high school. Okay. Where I had to work on my footwork. Mm-hmm. My college, my high school coach, Preston Thomas was like, look, man, we got to get your footwork together. Okay. He's, he's like, and um, so he was like, he found a ballerina teacher. Mm, okay. Literally about like, and I'm sitting here pleading with my toes <laughs> and all that every after every practice, yeah, doing kicking and all this stuff, right? For my footwork. So somehow he figured out that would get my footwork together. I guess he read on it. Sure. My relationship with that ballerina teacher was then I started a uh 
um, I started doing, so then she had dance classes. So then I would, so the NBA, I want to keep this up because it's good. So I would, you know, still when I could go home, I would go to her studio and we still work on, you know, footwork and, you know, All that. Yeah. it keeps your, it makes your ankle strong, make, you know, prevent injuries, everything. That's why you had such a good drop step, right? Right. Hey, that's why. Love that. So ended up, she also was a uh, casting director. Oh, cool. Okay. On her, on her side, she did casting director. She was a casting director. And so she was everything that would come and come through Missouri. And at that time, Missouri had one of those, you know, laws like Atlanta where you can get so much tax credits off, and stuff. Tax credits off anything you film. So so when I was in uh, in the NBA or when I don't know if I when right when I retired or when I was in the NBA, she called me out of nowhere. It was like Steve Austin, you know who Steve Austin is? I'm like, yeah. Well, he just he just uh, down the road that he we had, and he said he can't do it because of timing. And okay. did they know that? Did they know that I know anybody who was big? Or so, so I have a role for you if you're interested. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not. She like, you should do it. She was like, it'll be fun. You finally you get to do movies. You'll get to see how everything works. Blah blah. And it's right. It's not. It's only like twenty minutes away from you where they filming it. Not bad. And I was like, well, that ain't bad. You know, let, let me try it out. Right. So that's how I started doing it. And then from there, I ended up doing. She every time she thought of something, hey, I got a Skittles commercial for you. I have this for you. You know, uh, John Rand. Like, so I was like, all right, cool. So after, that's how it happened. It wasn't something I was, you know, seeking out or trying out, out for or, or pursuing. Mm-hmm. It was a role that just kind of fell in my hand, and just so happened the ballerina teacher that from when I from high school that taught me when I was in high school to help me, you know, with my footwork, end up being the person later on in life that started putting me in these little roles that I was being put in. That's cool. Was was it a fun experience? Like, did I mean, did you enjoy it, doing it? Like, you glad you did? It was. It was. It was long hours. Sure. I mean, you you're on you're on a movie set for a long time. You know, it's mm-hmm. long hours and, and it's different locations. And I mean, you out there all day and a lot of it, most of it was outside. Okay. So, but um, it was cool to see the development, see how, see how they made something. And by the time you watch it on screen, it looked completely different than where you were, right. you know? So yeah, it was pretty cool. Have Have your kids seen this? This is the most important thing. And what do they think about the movie? <laughs> I, I think they have. Uh, I'm more because you can't really see my face in the movie. Sure, I'm 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 the I'm the ultimate bad guy walking, yeah. you know, uh, you know, and <laughs> shooting lasers and got an eye laser. I got some type of uh, cyclops yep. one eye thing, and right, uh, and they think they killed me by uh, using a junkyard. And a, don't spoil uh, it, John. People got to go watch this now. They got to go. <laughs> Uh, Showdown yeah. in, at, at Area yeah. 51. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's on the Roku channel, I think. So uh, give, uh, give that yeah, a listen, I everybody. I haven't watched it in a long time, but yeah. Uh, I've, I've got a few hours until my basketball game tonight. i got to go finally watch this thing. Uh, that, All right, don't fall asleep on it now. Don't fall that, asleep. That's my homework for next time. It's a, it's a definitely a fire movie. Yeah, I love that. You know, so... Uh, thank you for telling that. I think that's come up a couple times before we've talked about it, but we never did the whole story there. So people uh, routinely to mention that one. Did you know your uh, co-host is in a movie? Like, yeah, shout out to Kim Swanson. 
There you go. Love that. Kid. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Um, yeah. For, for everybody listening to this, not only is this the only wizards podcast where a former wizard hosts the show, it's also the only movie star hosting a wizards podcast right now too. So uh, there you go. Uh, all right, Johnny, that's all I got for you. Anything else you want to leave people with before we get out of here? Oh no, man. It was a good show. All right, everybody. Uh, they play Atlanta tomorrow. So we'll see how that one goes. And then the Pistons on Monday at 3 PM MLK day. So part of the, the daily slate of basketball, got to win that Pistons game or got to lose that Pistons game. Well, you know, lose that Pistons game. yeah. If, if, if you want to cement yourself in the lottery standings, good to lose. And we got to win you, that convincingly too. Yeah. If you don't win that, you're not winning a game for a while, probably. So yeah. they play the Knicks Suns, and nuggets immediately after that. So things get a little tougher um, after that Pistons game. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, all right, everybody. This has been Believe in Wizards. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Click that little like button for us if you're watching on the YouTube. If you're listening to it on audio, leave us a review. Also, go back to YouTube and click that little button for us, too. Always helps. We appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, we're presented by betonline.ag, and we'll catch you all next time. Peace. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube